Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Katie and I are thoroughly excited to be back in our studio for another episode. But before we dive into today's topic, which is timelines and setting an appetite for your home based off of your values and the timelines that you align for your home, we wanted to thank you all for helping us to get over 900 ratings and reviews on iTunes. Katie, did that just like make your life when you saw it that? It did. Yes. We are so thankful for you because I know that when you're busy and you're doing a ton of stuff, it's really hard to take that time to figure out how to do something new, leave a review, you know, write words or just figure out how to do it. So it really means so much to those of you who have done that. So thank you guys. Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, that's a huge blessing to Katie and I. So thank you again. And now we'll get going. The Now That We're a Family Podcast. Okay, it has been a while since we've recorded an episode and so much has happened in the last two weeks, Elisha. Like, where do we start filling people in? I know you fill people in on the email. Yeah, that's true. And Top 5 Tuesday. Yeah, if you guys read Top 5 Tuesday, then you're probably pretty up to date, more or less, on the like general outline of our life. We've been on the road for a couple of... Well, yeah, we were on the road for a couple of weeks. We just got back yesterday and it's yeah our house is kind of in disarray (laughs) okay like that's an that's an understatement we have plastic wrap over our entire kitchen and our entire living room because uh we're getting our kitchen cabinets painted and we were gone and i didn't tell the guy that was painting our cabinets we were coming home so that was on me so everything's just covered in plastic yeah our house is very unusable right now yeah like we can't use the whole upstairs because you can't get through the hallway because it's filled with like cabinet covers cabinet what do you call those things like the drawers like drawers and the doors and like yeah yeah anyways it's laid out all throughout the upstairs of our house you can't like get down the hallways and stuff yeah because we closets it almost worked out perfectly because we scheduled the painters to be in our home while we were gone because it was going to be disruptive really Either either way you know, for us to kind of like live around them while they were painting or in this case, this, this seemed like it was going to be the the least intrusive into our life because we were out of town for a couple of weeks. But like you said, we failed to let them know that we were coming back. And so they hadn't wrapped up. So all their equipment is here. Everything's covered up. It's just kind of a half baked paint job. And it's kind of like it would have been done aside from the first time I had them paint them. I picked out the color online because we weren't near a Home Depot. So we were down in Southern California and I needed to pick out a color that night and I grabbed a green and once it was on the cabinets, it looked like a kindergarten. Like it was just this primary bright green and that wasn't going to work. So it's worth a couple extra days of disarray in our house, but I'm really excited for things to go back tomorrow. Yes. To normal. Yeah. I mean, we are happy to be home. Nonetheless, we were able to go to church this morning, which was a huge blessing. So grateful for our local fellowship here and just the community of believers that we get to really be doing life with. So grateful for our pastor. So that was a huge blessing to be back home doing that. And we'll probably fill you guys in more as time goes on and what we are doing on no, our road trip. No, let's tell them. Tell them now. Well, what, are we just going to break the whole thing down? <laughs> the whole road trip. So we we went from North Idaho to Southern Idaho and visited Katie's sister, Caroline, who is pregnant with her first child. With our brother-in-law, Austin. Yeah. So Austin and Caroline uh, 
were celebrate. They were doing like a gender reveal party, and we got to be there for that, and that was really fun. We got to see our friends, the Tolpins, which was really fun as well. And then from there, we so we were there for a few days, and then we went to Las Vegas because Katie and I were attending a urban, an urban spy evasion and escape and evasion course. <laughs> Just say that like everyone does that. It's like a super normal thing to go to. Yeah, we're not huge fans. Uh, actually, we don't like Las Vegas at all, but this was really the only place we could attend this workshop. This two-day workshop was in Las Vegas. And so we went there to yeah learn just some some basic I guess you know field craft, some <laughs> some trade trade craft, um, you know how to escape from handcuffs, how to pick locks, how to get out of duct tape, how to escape from trunks. Just like basic skills for life. <laughs> you guys, I don't. If you're watching this on YouTube, I don't know if you could see my hand. It is still so beat up from oh. like a burn. Yes, that from I, that day, from getting out of duct tape. Yeah, I felt so bad because like this was an extremely hands-on training. It's not like you were sitting in a lecture just hearing, like you know, I guess concepts on how to get out no, of was so everything cool. was hands-on and you had to do it yourself. So Katie, one of the time she got you know taped up with a lot of duct tape just kept working it and working it with the method that they told her to do and you were like it hurts really bad and i was like no keep going it's getting really close do not stop do not stop like it's a real scenario and i was like in a real scenario i wouldn't care but it hurts and then i felt so bad because like we got home that evening we're back to our airbnb and you just had a huge and now it's all scabbed up it's been cracking anyways. Yeah, but it was such a cool thing. What we want to do actually is show you guys because it's hard to kind of explain. So, I mean, we did other things like um, knife defense, gun defense, or like yeah. disarming. So if someone comes up behind you and like has a, th- a knife at your throat or a gun at your stomach or at your back, and kind of what do you do in those situations? Um, how to lose a tail if you're being followed. Yeah. And it's funny because like something, one of the, I actually was pretty proud of myself because I was followed one time like in person at a community college when I was like 18 and I totally did what they said to do, which is like first see if you're actually being followed because you might just be paranoid. So like go into the library, see if they're there, go to another area, see if they show up there. And like if two or three times you've gone to a different place and they're still there, then you got a problem. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And then if, like you said, you go to whoever the the front desk, you go to the security guard, you go to wherever, because you also had like a similar instance at like a Home Depot. Oh, you're right. I did have that. Kept making a point to go to different sections of the store and and the person kept just like that. The guy just like kept showing up. Yeah, that was And so you just like went to the front, you went to the customer service. And then from there, like he left. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, there's things that are really practical in it obviously like the name is kind of dramatic and Elisha and I, it's not like we want to be spies, but, but we want to be spies. Yeah, <laughs> It's kind of our couple hobby. I feel like, like it's on both our dream board to like, yeah, it's become about more like, like CIA agent. I think it's, it's probably just as cheesy and dorky as it sounds. That's no, how it epic. is. Yeah. But Katie and I like have a blast doing it. And obviously, hopefully, we never have to use use. Well, like you said, you already used a little bit of this skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most of it, you know, hopefully, you never have to use it in your entire life. Like I don't want to have to get out of a trunk, yeah, with my hands being duct taped behind my back. But I know how to. You know, no. <laughs> we do need to practice <laughs> this stuff. Like because um, 
pick ourselves out of handcuffs behind our back yeah like four or five times yes i was was extremely impressed with katie did that you did it like five times and i only did it once it took me like 20 minutes for me because i'm a little bit more flexible so i can move my hands around yes you did it like five or six times in like 20 minutes and i did it once in 20 minutes and that really hurt me to do that as well Okay, but that said, (laughs) what I was going to say was some of this stuff's really practical and that it just heightens your awareness. So you, once you go through these scenarios, you're more aware of not getting in the scenario and you realize what a big deal it's going to be if you get into the scenario. And so I want to show you guys what we learned, especially like the home invasion type stuff and then stuff for if you're a girl and you get grabbed or drug or like someone's trying to kidnap you and, um, Cause that just happens a lot. Oh yeah, like it's not like this rare one-off thing. I guess that's a pretty practical skill set to have. I think especially when you're getting into your car, when you're getting going to your vehicle, you're so. If you've got kids, you're so vulnerable because you're you're trying to get your kids buckled up. You, it's really easy to lose all sense of awareness and your of your surroundings. And so I think some of these things. I'm so. I mean, I think that's a huge reason. Reason I've kind of. why we've done this together is I'm a huge advocate of Katie becoming more and more aware of her surroundings and trying to be more, yeah, safety conscious and, um, and just aware of potential threats because, uh, it's just the world we live in. Yeah. So we're going to film a video of what we did and that's going to go out in top five Tuesday because we, you can't put that out on like YouTube with me all like duct taped up in a chair and like, a bag over my head you know that'll just get demonetized (laughs) or just shut us off the platform forever so you guys we this is your kind of prep uh this is your warning that you might be getting a video like that yes if you are subscribed to the top five tuesday so i'm really excited to show you guys what we learned because a lot of this stuff it's tricks like it's not like you have to be it's not necessarily like a skill set where you have to be like good at stuff. It's just you have to know the trick. So. Yeah, with a couple of the things. I think with a lot of the like self-defense, the knife defense, the gun. That, yeah, you have to practice that. Yeah, that's not a trick. And that's a little bit like, you know, Rex Kwando-ish in the sense that like it's a, they make it sound a little bit more um, like good to be true. They make it sound too good to be true because I think it is too good to be true. But some of the other things <laughs> yeah, with like the true. picking the lock and different angles for duct tape and zip ties is kind of a trick. So yeah, it is very helpful. And so then we went down, we drove down to Southern San Clemente because we were not ready to drive back home. It was a 16 and a half hour drive home. We drove down to San Clemente and saw a bunch of my family down there because a lot of my family still lives in Southern California. So that was really special. Mm. And we were there for like three or four days and then made the giant trek north yes that was actually the kids our kids did an amazing job in the car we've got like our ford explorer and we've got six of us in there so it's not real spacious i mean it's a great car i'm grateful for our car it's awesome but when you pack in like a pack and play and three suitcases and a stroller you just don't have a ton of room in there with a with all six of us but the kids had such a good attitude the entire time we listened to so many fun like stories like your story hour uh tapes or cds and we did the whole like uh the classical conversations like timeline yeah if stuff. you guys know like the timeline song kills 15 minutes it so does. yeah so we listen to that <laughs> many times that all the time and the, the today on their way home from the tr- from church the kids were singing it to me and they have through like uh the way it's broken down 
through past like the 2000 BC, whatever. Yeah. They've got like a minute of the song memorized. I which feel is, like, I feel like if you aren't familiar with the classical conversations timeline song, it's like, what the heck they have through 2000 BC what's happening. Yeah. I guess that's a I reference like, point in the yeah, song. I feel like you're using some like slang for people who know what's happening. Making some of our well, the timeline song out. starts like at creation, mm-hmm. and so basically they have various like p- pegged timeline events, like historical events from creation until about 2000 BC, memorized in the song. Right? Nice. <laughs> You're such a nerdy homeschool dad. Like it's from 2000 <laughs> BC, memorized. Uh, no it was yeah it was awesome though i'm super proud of the kids so that was fun and we wanted we considered staying in bend for a little bit but we had to make it back (laughs) how are you gonna say that too why we had to make it back home well this sounds dramatic because we're not as we don't nerd out on this stuff as much as it's gonna sound like but we were gonna stay in southern california or bend uh long for longer but we had to get back because we had a knife seminar (laughs) to get to up here in north idaho just the timing of it is so funny we were laughing at ourselves like we have to get back from our spy retreat so we can make it to our knife seminar like it just sounds so nerdy yeah but that was was awesome okay yeah that was that was next level like the the urban spy escape and evasion course was very cool um, and it was I feel taught like, by like an ex-CIA agent. Yeah. It was more like intelligence. It was different. Not yeah. get captured. This was like... I don't even think we can talk about what was... Yeah. It, it did not I, even feel... I don't want to say... It like, definitely wasn't legal. That's I don't know sure. if it was... It was crazy. These guys <laughs> were next level. And yeah, it it, it, it happened on like a, a guy's private property up in North Idaho. And uh, yeah, it was like... It, it was Anyways, awesome. If you guys like, <laughs> I realize this sounds kind of crazy, but like we aren't getting into knife fighting or anything. I don't want you guys to like think that it's more just like an awareness yeah. and an interest level and like the self-defense side of using a blade. Yeah. Well, that's what was cool about that seminar is that there was no knife fighting involved. It was just, it's true. it was just using a knife to like, it wasn't a fight. It was it, one-sided. It wasn't a it fight. Was, it, was, it was it was using your weapon before the fight got started. Yeah. So anyways, I don't really, it was all about like urban. This guy grew up in New York. The blade he carries is like the size of his entire torso. And I don't really see me ever using this, but it was such a blast to practice. It was. So well, we practiced with I, small, because he was teaching it for people carrying smaller blades that are more common everyday carry blades. Yeah. Here in the U.S. So like three to five inch Depending fixed Depending on blades. which state you're in, this still might sound crazy. But yeah. like in North Idaho, people just, you shake them and their weapons just fall out of their pockets Yeah, everywhere. they lift their shirt up and you look at their belt line. <laughs> they've got everything. Like, yeah, from like it seems knives super to grenades. normal to us. Yeah. So, <laughs> now that we've lived here for a couple of years. So apparently you become like the people you're around. Uh, but it was fun because you're practicing with obviously like these plastic fake knives and Elisha and I were out in this field with like 30 other people and we weren't able to get up the mud driveway to go to the like the facility facility we were going to use or something like that anyways we ended up outside in a field with like 30 people practicing fake knife fighting and it was 
pouring down rain, like torrential four and a half hours where it's just like dripping off your hood, blinding you. Yeah. Everyone's sopping wet and you just like look at each other. It's like this pinch me moment. Like, what the heck are we doing? And why are there 30 other people that are doing the same thing? (laughs) It was awesome. Well, it was fun because it was actually, we, we, it was our anniversary. It was our six year anniversary. It's what we did for our six year anniversary. Yeah. And that was kind of, cause I actually first signed up for this workshop just to do by myself because it sounded awesome. Um, and, and then I was like, oh my word, Katie should come along because it's our anniversary. And you were cool with me doing it during the day for our anniversary. And then we were going to go to dinner that night. Yes. And then I was like, why don't we do this whole day together? And so we spent the day at a knife workshop and then... Well, what you told me down at the spy thing is you were like, this is so fun to do with you. Why don't you come with me to my knife thing? Yes, exactly. It I was, felt very honored. It was. It actually really ignited in me a great appreciation for Katie and for our marriage. And it reminded me the, I think, importance and the value of learning new things together with your spouse and putting yourself in like unique experience situations. Um, Because Katie's got such a gung-ho attitude. I think that in general, I'm pretty gung-ho to learn new things because none of what we just talked about, like the urban spy stuff or like the knife fighting is not at all our like comfort zone or what we've got. Like we didn't grow up like around weapons or doing any of this stuff. I mean, I've been a musician like my whole life and like, you know, still kind of wear tight pants around, you know, like not quite skinny jeans, but they're like pretty tight. And And I've just been a girl, you know, like this is not my, not like the Cabela's type of girl, just like the regular kind. The regular kind, (laughs) huh? (laughs) I feel like it's more common to just be a girl that's not into knife fighting. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah, so this is definitely outside of our like comfort zone, but we really like learning new things and having new experiences together. Yes. And it made me appreciate Katie so much and being able to learn new things together was really romantic. And it was really it, like it gave us this groundwork to like be or like it gave us this foundation to be flirtatious almost again and to kind of like laugh with each other and laugh at each other. So, yeah, I've got no regrets for any of the knife seminars I've been to with you. <laughs> It was so special. Anyways, we came back from the sopping wet rain and then we went to a fancy dinner. We got all dressed up and it was just, it's, that was literally my ideal day. Like getting all dirty, doing something that's like with your hands and I don't know, kind of out Uh, in the weather. We were out in the mud. Yeah. And then getting dressed up and being like fancy. So it was awesome. So after six years of marriage, Katie, what's your overall assessment of like the state of our marriage? Well, I'd say this was my favorite year yet. Wow, me too. It was easily our, my favorite year of marriage, of life, of yeah, fatherhood. Um, yeah, it's just been so, so good. It's crazy. Yeah, um, yeah it's just crazy. Because in a lot of ways, it feels like it's been more than six years and that it feels like we've lived a lot of life. Because mm-hmm. we've, we've moved a few times. We've had the four kiddos. We've started like 75 different businesses, you know, and uh, <laughs> done so many different things. But, and so it, it feels like we've done a lot of things and lived a lot of life, but at the end, on, on another hand, it feels like it's just flying by, you know, and that it like feels new and exciting still. So that's kind of fun. Aww. Wow. That's was that, here. that was like, that was all the intro. Welcome to your intro. If you made it past the intro, Man. we're now going to talk about timelines. The timeline of our podcast today is yeah, you're right. Kinda Getting crazy. out of hand. It is. <laughs> well, this isn't, this isn't, I think that like deep or profound of a 
concept, but on our road trip, I really started thinking about the way I view life and I think about life. And so often in the self-development books that Katie and I enjoy or that we might even recommend, I think they're really good at getting people out of the short-term mindset, which I think we most people can agree, like if you're, if you're only short-sighted or, or if you just think in short-term timelines, then you're not able to maximize your potential. You're not able to experience very much growth or self-development. And you're just thinking about like, oh, I, this, you know, if it's in regards to your health, you're like, well, this sounds good to eat right now. So I'm going to eat it right now versus thinking about what you want your health to be in three years or in 10 years. And so I think self-development books are very good at getting you from think to, they're getting very good at getting you to stop thinking about this week or like tonight and the Snickers bar I want to eat right now and thinking to like three years down the road, or maybe they're good at getting you to like a financial standpoint thinking like, okay, I want to stop spending money here and save it so that in three years I can be here. Or I want to start this business and, you know, burn the candle at both ends so that I can have this thriving business maybe three years from now. And I think that's extremely helpful because it's able, they, they help you kind of visualize what can happen in three to five years. Um, and sometimes maybe it's a different time frame, but I would, I would consider that going from thinking short term to it's not long term, it's like interim term. Because I think most people just think in regards to short term and long term. And I would say most Christians think in perspective to short term, long term, and eternally which I think is good. Obviously, as Christians, we need to think eternally, that our souls are eternal. Like, what, 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 is our, what is our position before God for our eternal destination? You know, are we living in a, in a way that's like leading to damnation, or have we put our hope and our trust in Christ so that we can have this eternal hope? Okay, so I'm going to stop you there because, okay, it's you said most people do think long-term? I think most people think either, most people think short-term, and they, they think in the context of short-term and long-term, those two categories, short-term and long-term, short-term and long-term. And what do you qualify as long-term? I think people would say long-term like, you know, 10 years, 50 years, something like that in this lifetime. Whereas I'm thinking like, so do you want me to break down my timelines? Okay. Well, let's see. So I'm confused because when you broke it down to me, I think you said most people do not think long-term. Most people think short-term and mid-term. Oh, I, but sorry. They don't think I, sorry. long-term. You're right, Katie. I said that wrong. Okay, good, good. I'm glad because I was a little uh, like, <laughs> I was a little confused. That, yes. Because you gave me the breakdown before and I thought it was so good. And it's a good distinction because most people think they're thinking long-term. Yes. But they actually aren't. Yeah. So I think that I'm so grateful for my parents because they're now in their 60s and they're, and I've got my grandparents and your grandparents who are in their 70s and 80s. And I really put myself try, as best as I can in their shoes. And I'm like, that, what they are experiencing is what I want. They see their children walking in truth, they see their children's children walking in truth. They're able to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Uh, with the with the physical things like from successful businesses, but most importantly, they've got vibrant marriages in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. They've got a great relationship with their children who are now, you know, in their 40s, you know, 30s, 40s, and 50s. And then they've got a relationship with their grandchildren, and now they're seeing their great grandchildren being taught. Um, God's law and being taught in, in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm like, that is what I want so badly. And I think 
most Christians would agree that they want that, but I don't think they actually look at that timeline as being something that they can take action on today. And so when I'm talking about timelines, I'm talking about how we typically think and then plan and make goals. And so I think most people think either short-term or midterm, or what I kind of call like interim term, because it's all you can really wrap your mind around. And the problem with that is, is that I think that really negates the value of parenting in particular. And so when I'm talking about these timelines, I'm talking about them primarily in the context of parenting, because I think the world really sells us hard on short-term and interim thinking, like short-term and mid-term timeframes, where it's like, hey, you want this now, you know, the ads for whatever it is, the vacation or the, the, you know, the new workout program or whatever it is, the new car is like right now, like you deserve this right now. And then the self-development books that I was telling you about kind of gets you thinking beyond that. And you're like, no, don't pick up the car payment now, like save that money and look what you can have in five or 10 years. They encourage that delayed gratification. And with most delayed gratification, you do get a payoff within three to five years. Sometimes shorter, but that it's you get a pretty dramatic payoff within yes. three to five years. And I think I've been seeing so frequently with young parents, them making short-term sacrifices for midterm gains, but that actually hurts their long-term results in their family. And the reason I say that is because the sacrifices that my parents made, sure, were short-term. They experienced interim success and they still work through the interim, but they're experiencing long-term fruit in their relationships and in the family, the family line that they have. And that's ultimately what I want. So what are the, how do parents make short-term decisions that are positive midterm, but that aren't good long-term? Yeah, I think something practically is, this is very common. Most men in their 30s, like use that time to really grow in their career. And so they're making short-term sacrifice. They think they're short-term sacrifices, like getting up early, staying up late, putting in the extra hours, maybe even doing more schooling to get more credentials so that they can climb the, whatever the, the ranks are in their company or building their business. Now, of course, I'm all about success in your career and, and in your business. I want to be successful in all of those things. And I, and I think it's great when men do those things. But I think doing that at the sacrifice of your children who are, or, or your relationship with your children, who you only have in your home for a very short amount of time in that interim period, and it's usually in that interim period, like that 10 to 15 years, you've got such a strong influence in their life. And then as parents, we're so prone, even the like more successful parents, the, the people that are well-to-do or that are self-disciplined they really miss out, and I'm so tempted to do this often, miss out on that midterm time with your family for midterm success and then ultimately getting ripped off on the long-term results. Yeah, when Elisha explained this to me, I just thought, oh, wow, that's such a cool perspective shift of so often what, like you said, the world's selling you this short-term, I want it now and I want it yesterday yes. or whatever. I want it now and I want it delivered, Yes, right? But then even when we delay that a little bit, then we're still seeing in the long term, we're seeing, you know, 
couples get divorced at 20 yep. years. We're seeing kids not have relationship with their parents at 15 or 16 or 17, you know, later on in life when the parents thought that they had a really good relationship with their child. Um, all these kind of decisions, if we're just, it's still kind of a sprint if you're going for the midterm yes. success. And you can, we see this in business too. You'll see, I mean, like, so many names come to mind, a couple names come to mind, but um, some big household names and then they get canceled, right? Or they do something where they're just in the spotlight and everyone thinks they're amazing and what they were teaching just seemed, it didn't have that longevity. Hmm. And I think that's something that Elisha and I want is we don't want to just burn the candle at both ends or immerse in something short term and have it kind of peter out in that midterm range success ultimately is eternal Hmm. and then back from that we want a rich marriage and rich relationship with our adult children and grandchildren and a successful business and sometimes taking a more sustainable route in those areas is way better than just like you know bleeding your guts out yes to try to have success right you know Right now, where three to five years is still a relatively short time frame. Exactly. I think that, you know, actually, I know for a fact that I'm so grateful, Katie, that you have caught caught that vision, I think, even long before I had in regards to investing into our family, because it is so common, I think, for mothers that when they have young children um, or children of any age to look at their their life, they say, man, I'm, I'm 30 years old. I need to be going and maximizing my time in the work place, or I need to go back to school and finish my schooling because I've always dreamed of doing X, Y, and Z. And I don't want that. I don't want that opportunity to slip away. And in reality, what's slipping away is so much more valuable than whatever that opportunity is that they've, you know, desired since the time that they were young or, or whatever. And I don't think that those desires, whatever it may be, you know, whatever it is to be a, whatever, a musician or an artist or you know, a teacher or a lawyer or a doctor, whatever it is. Um, those, those are great. But the deceit is that you only have now to do that. In reality, the thing that you only have now is your children as children. They are the ones that are literally growing up year after year, and they're establishing thoughts, they're establishing convictions, they're forming their worldview. And this is your season, this 10 to 15 year window to truly be the number one influence in their life and to point them towards Christ and to be the first, you know, like our pastor said this morning, the first testimony of Christ that this child ever sees. And you're able to teach him his precepts and to exemplify his gospel on a regular basis. That opportunity really does go away because they grow up. The opportunity for the other things, honestly, they're kind of there for as long as you want them to be there. Like my mom's going back to school now, you know, and she's what, 62? She spent her life you know, pouring into us and her kids are all raised now. She's got amazing, you know, relationship with all of her children and she's got great grandchildren. There's some other things she wanted to do. So she's, she's going to school now because that's still there. Like making money still there, having a career that really is still there. But that window of having your children is finite with that window of having your children when they're in your home and young, that time passes. And yet there's a lack of urgency and value that we're taught to put on that window. And I just don't want to make that mistake. Yeah, Elisha and I go back and forth on this, I think, a lot and remind each other of that because I think that 
women can really fall into this trap and men can really fall into this trap too, thinking this is my youth, you know, I need to be able to go out and do all these things. And it's just really easy. It's, it's a lie that the devil sells you. And I heard this quote, I've mentioned it before, but <clears throat> my cousin is the one who told it to me. And it's something along the lines of, it might just be five or six, for you, it's just five or six years, but it's the only childhood that your child will have. Mm. And I that just like clicks with me a lot where I go, this is the only time that your children only have one childhood. Wow. My life will have numerous, you know, Lord willing, five or six year chunks yes. in it where you could just pursue a lot of different things. Yes. And so just that urgency, again, I just think that's beautiful. Yeah. I think of that with the businesses that we have right now, or even this podcast, like these opportunities who we could we could do this 10 years from now if we wanted to we can do this when we're 70 we can do this when we're old we can start another business we can you know go find different ways to make money but having our children in this season that they're in where they're young and they're so receptive to to truth and to our teaching and to our instruction that is that's just a limited time and it comes it comes once for these children and i don't want to miss that um, so anyways, thinking in regards to those timelines, I've just stopped, I started thinking kind of like in four different timelines, short term, which is like, man, I want the ice cream right now to midterm, which is okay. And I don't think thinking midterm is wrong. I think thinking midterm is really helpful because Katie and I have three to five year goals for sure. You think like, okay, what type of shape do I want to be in? What do we want to have in savings? What do we want to be, where do we want to be living in three to five years? I love that time frame, but I don't want that to determine all of my actions and my value system for my daily actions. I still let it inform some of my daily actions because there are things that I want three to five years from now. So I've got my short term, my, my midterm, and then my long term, which is, man, when, when we're 65, 70 years old, do we have a fruitful romantic marriage? Do, are we in friendship and community with our children? Do we get to see our, our children's children walking in truth? Have we instilled God's word into our children to a point where they're, yeah, they've put their hope and their trust in Christ because they know their deficiency apart from him and they're now teaching that to their children? And then I think eternally, like where am I going to be, not, you know, in 50 years, but in 500 years, in 5,000 years? Am I with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you know, celebrating his victory, celebrating the union that he's made with himself and his bride, the church, and that I humbly get to be a part of that because he sought fit, you know, to, to redeem us, to take what was so filthy in me and make it his, you know, spotless bride. And now I get to be in perfect union with him. And so those are the four time frames that I really want to view life in at this point. Um, and they make me, and it, it's helpful to me because I think timelines do help you in your everyday living and your practical living. Yeah, because they inform your perspective. I think something else when we were having this conversation the other day was <clears throat> divorce came up just because we've known or heard of so many couples that get divorced in the long-term season of their marriage. Yes. But what's interesting is so often, I mean, there's a statistic out there that says your happiest marriage is your first marriage. Hmm. And I know that's not true for everybody, but statistically that's the case. And I think that it's interesting. We are saying so many people will make the decision to get a divorce because it sounds better in the next three to five years. Hmm. It's like in the next three to five years, I'm going to have a happier life without whatever issues I have in this relationship yes. surrounding me. But so few people fail to think, okay, if we have a tough three to five years of marriage and we are working through this, 
the long-term effects of that are actually going to be so much more powerful wow. than not sticking it out during this three to five year chunk. Like even you could think like, oh, you know, people say, oh, your kids are would be happier if you both split up and then you could both try to be happy or something and your kids could be happier. But when you picture children, you know, long-term and the effect of a family that's together and that worked through those challenges and had a tough season or, or a family that didn't, it's just, it's, there's like not a real comparison. And again, this isn't like in every single scenario, Yes. but it was just an interesting concept. Yes. I think so you're so often right. We make these, sh- these decisions that sound like they're going to be best for the next three to five years, but not for the long term. Yeah. And that's the deception in so much storytelling, I think today in, in, in Hollywood or in, in literature is that they paint this picture of, like you said, that interim happiness that mm-hmm. like, oh, this like I'm going to move on from this relationship to this relationship because the next three to five years are going to be so enjoyable or so exciting or so new and fresh, but they fail to acknowledge what's that couple like when they're 75 years old, Mm -hmm. you know? And like you said, had you had the first marriage stuck it out in that three to five and as challenging as it was, the fruit of that can be so much more rewarding and intimate and, and truly like more, more powerful um, long-term. And of course that's, that's God's design for marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would make sense that that's the most satisfying that's and fulfilling case. and, and the most, um, I guess, honoring to him. So it's, it should be no surprise. Yeah. I actually think of that even, I think we were thinking of that even with, you know, our last podcast and talking about, Oh, are we done having kids or not? If we were making like a midterm decision, we'd probably be like force great because over the next three to five years, we're going to have our hands really full. Our wow. life is going to be very full. But when we think of long-term, we would like to have more children around us and have that joy Amen. of more children. So giving, looking long-term gives us clarity for the short-term and yes. the midterm of being like, Hey, it might be a little bit more chaotic having a few more kiddos when they're all really little, but long-term we still want that joy. Yes. So. That's such a great, exactly. Katie, when I you think of marriage, when you think of parenting or the number of kids you want to have. Yeah. When you think of like, okay, how, what's best for, you know, our living situation in the next three to five years, or what's best for our financial situation in the next three to five years, or, or like our personal, like, are we able to go pursue our hobbies and go to more, you know, spy workshops if we have more <laughs> kids in the next three to five years, then that can really inform your decision. But if you think, where do we want to be, you know, in, in 30 years and 40 years and 50 years, enjoying a relationship with our children, then that gives you a different perspective. Yeah. Oh, we got some kiddos coming in here. Speaking of which, hey, what's up, guys? Well, I don't know where we just were, Katie, but <laughs> we had... We were talking about kiddos, and then we had a opportunity to practice what we preach. Yeah, we just got back because one of our kiddos got up from bed, and so we were just putting them back in their bed. Just tucking them back in. Okay, but I had another thought process. Oh, we've talked about this with housing, too, and like finances and stuff, when you mentioned living situations. Yeah. Because in the short term, we would rather probably spend the money that we have and get a nicer house and like just upgrade the house we have, sure. but not have the property that we really want. Cause property mm-hmm. around here is, you know, pretty expensive. But then we think about the long term, and we're like, like long-term it's better that we stay in this house a little bit longer, save a little bit more and don't just like spend that money to keep up with the Joneses hmm. or, you know, do something that might bring us more comfort in the three to five year range, but is not ultimately in line with our long-term goals. Yeah. And that's something that I want to say in regards to this. I think you can have a long-term perspective that's not 
even godly, that's not biblical, that's not inspired by the Holy Spirit. So I don't want people just to think like, oh, if I think long term, then I'm thinking properly. No, I think there's plenty of, you know, secular people or people that are not God honoring in their thinking that think that do think long term. But what their long-term thinking is, is not aligned with what God wants for them. That's why I think it is so important to start with eternity in mind, you know, to start like with the whole Stephen Covey, you know, start with the end in mind, the the seven habits of highly successful people start with the end in mind. Well, for Christians, that really needs to be eternity. Mm-hmm. That needs to be where, where is our eternal soul going to be when our, when our bodies die, where do our souls go and where do we, where, where's our new body going to be? Um, and so starting with eternity in mind, then working backwards to long-term, mid-term, and then short-term, I think needs to be the way I, I it's really how I want to view life, um, as a Christian. So, but all that said, you can use it for very practical things too that maybe don't seem even very spiritual. Like you said, you know, most people have goals or dreams or some level of desire for where they want to live or how they want to live materialistically on this earth where you can you can use these timelines to help you to help inform your daily decisions. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Anyways, it's a new concept that we've been throwing around because we realized, well, Elisha brought it to my attention, like, oh, you know, so often we're making decisions or talking about the long term when actually it's midterm. Like yes. It's not when we're 50, 60, 70 years old. It's when we're 30, 40, maybe 50. Yes. Maybe, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. I think that like the first step of self-development is getting out of thinking short-term to midterm, but most people just stop there. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, I got, I got out of the short-term frame of mind, and so I stopped eating that. I started saving more money. I went back to school. I'm putting in more hours or whatever the thing is, but all all they're really seeing it for is the value that it brings them in the next five to 10 years, which is good, which is helpful. Those are very helpful things, and we, we you know how much Katie and I love self-development in these books, but I think when you stop there, you really do yourself a disservice on the long-term results of your life in that, which is marriage, you do the long-term benefit, the long-term results in your marriage and in your children, in your home. Um, and of course you need to have an eternal perspective as a Christian. Yeah. You know, what's, that's funny. I think we should probably cap it at that instead of going into the other topic that we talked about. Yeah. We can save that for another day. Huh? I mean, do you still want to, go into it or no, just I think we should save it for another yeah, day I mean yeah we've been running around trying to keep our kiddos in bed that's I think it's a good good time to cap it <laughs> <laughs> thanks for hanging out with us you guys I feel like tonight was pretty conversational and we were just chatting about what we've been talking about and what we've been doing but we enjoy sharing it with you yes um, so thank you for listening thank you for be- thank you just thank you thank you thanks for being here yes. and we will see you next Tuesday or whenever you listen to the show. All right. Bye-bye.